Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. How? What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this, what the fuckers, what the fuck buddies, what the fucking ears, what the fucking ucks. It's live, what the fuck, from the Vancouver Comedy Festival. At the Rio Theater. Oh, look at this. I don't even know how to receive this love. You guys are so nice. Thank you so much for coming down. It's good to see you. I was uh, happy that uh, you know several people thought, thought it right to storm the stage uh, before the show, and I was just trying to get organized and bra- you know, just dump gifts on me. It's fucking awesome. I think this one's a little anti-Semitic, though, unless, unless this guy is actually Jewish. So we're going to have to find that out. He gave me a, a salmon cream cheese. <laughs> Why don't you just put Jew on the outside of the bag? Mark will like this because he's one of them. <laughs> but Gabe, is that, where are you, Gabe? Are you a Jew? All right, fuck you then. I get it. I, oh, wait. No, you, you mixed it up a little. You put the red onion and the capers in. It's like, oh, maybe he goes a little the other way, too. Maybe he's not straight up Jew. And baby dill. It's very lovely. I'm just being mean because it's funny. All right. So that's one gift. This is fucking unbelievable. I didn't think I was going to have anything to talk about, but there's much to address. Eric with the homemade soap. I get it. I appreciate it. I get it. You see me tweet about my showering problems. No, I like homemade soap. It's very pretty, and I'll use it. And it'll be, it'll be nice, okay? What else we got? Oh, Flight from Death, The Quest for Immortality. This is a, a documentary about Ernest Becker. I think I've sold more Denial of Death books than that guy ever thought he would sell in a lifetime. What's his name? Who, oh, a guy named Happy gave me that. <laughs> a, guy, a guy named Happy gave me Flight from Death. Did you, did you make up that name just to serve your ideology? Flight from death. My name's Happy. That's very good. What else we got? Cupcakes, of course. Kathy brought cupcakes. And then someone, who gave this to me? Mona comes up to me and she says, this is a voodoo doll, but it's a good voodoo doll. I'm not sure what that means. Is that, is it good? It's good? What do you do with a good voodoo doll? I'm going to make that person feel better. (laughs) I'm going to stick happy pins in his head. (laughs) A good voodoo doll. I'll show him. He's going to have everything he wants. What's going on there? Oh, they sell the the stuff in the old way. That's great. It's like a real movie theater thing, like a cigarette girl kind of thing, right? No, no. What is it? Beer? No, I'm good. We don't want to start that. (laughs) I'll end up living here and... (laughs) I should turn off my phone. My girlfriend Jessica is flying up tonight for one day. And now I'm getting this fucking every five minute upset updates. I just got a pizza, so we don't need to eat later. <laughs> like you know, like twenty minutes ago, she was waiting to get on the plane, and she took a picture of a glass of wine. She's like, "I'm at the gate." So now she's gonna be full of wine and pizza. Oh, you guys, I had a. I had a dream. I had a Lorne Michaels dream. 
No, it was fucked up. Just, let's just keep this between us. I, 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 it just happened last night. I had a dream. I was in a movie theater with Lauren Michaels. Now, this, now that we're in this theater, I'm wondering if that, you know, I can't really translate what the dream was about. But we were in a movie theater. I, don't, I didn't think it was a date. And... <laughs> like, I'm just sitting in a movie theater with Lauren Michaels. Like, he's in a side seat like this, like over in that area. So I'm just sitting there, and he's sitting there. And then all of a sudden, he just looks at me, and I'm like, it's fucking Lauren Michaels. We're hanging out. And then he goes to, like, sort of snuggle up against me. Like, he, he leans over to, like, you know, do a fucking snuggle thing. And I was like, I don't know. There's people here. That was my only excuse. Like, <laughs> like you know, there, there's, it's cool to be hanging out with Warren Michaels. But then it's just, you know, if you do that, it's just weird. How's that going to make me look? That was my only discomfort with the situation. So he goes to lean in. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I got to go. And I took off my overcoat. And then he, he laid down over like three seats. And I covered him like a sick child. <laughs> and, and I just sort of ambled out of the movie theater. And then I woke up and went, holy shit, what was that? So uh, I've had fun in Vancouver. I've only been here like uh, an hour or two. So I, I went to Tim Hortons nine times. And for some reason, that's like how I, like I really go on a bender on the road now. It's like, where's their shitty coffee that makes you really fucked up in the head? And people are like, you know, we have good coffee places. I'm like, fuck that, man. I want Tim Hortons. I want to be fucked up. I... I <laughs> I had three cups of it, and I had a headache that felt like a rock at the base of my neck right here. I couldn't figure out. I'm like, I've never had a headache like that before, and it's like, that's Tim Horton's headache. That's what I decided. All right, these, I, I got a lot of dream emails, and some, like, I, get, I read dream emails. You've heard me read them before, but some guy, of course, wrote me and said, yeah, I just want you to know how easy it is to make up a fucking dream, and a lot of those people aren't really dreams they're just people making them then he wrote one and he's like see and i'm like what an asshole i mean like you know who's who sits and spends a half hour doing that i'm gonna shit on mark's little dream party with this ridiculous non sequitur thing that i think looks like fuck you you can tell and i'll explain that in a minute this one's just uh sub uh, sub the heading is just we dream of mark Add me to the list of dreamers who, for some reason, find you in my dreams. In mine, your skin looks gorgeous. And when I told you, you blushed. I then sat down and took you in my arms like a baby and rocked you gently. You were full size. (laughs) Slim and very lightweight. You loved it. So did I. P.S. For context, note that I'm a nice big woman in her 50s, so it's not that weird. Love you, Marco. (laughs) Uh, That was a good one. This one, uh, oh, this one, I like the end of this one. (laughs) Finally had a dream about you. Hey, Mark, I think all those emails you read about people having dreams about you finally seeped into my subconscious. Last night I had a dream that you were recording an episode in my house on my computer and you had a British intern with you. And when I say British, I mean like Tiny Tim sort of British. You know, chimney sweeper and all. See, that's how you know it's a weird dream. That, where the fuck would that come from? Okay, anyway, you had some guests with you and when the guests left, you asked me what I thought. For some reason, I thought the guest voice was too much like Dan Harmon's or Todd Hansen's. So I said, you should scrap it. 
you agreed and then sold me some Nintendo 64 video games. <laughs> that you bought for $2 each from your family down in Mexico. <laughs> then I asked if you wanted to hang out for a bit and you told me to leave my own house. <laughs> I would so do that. You gotta get out, dude. Overall, it was a great dream. I look forward to every Monday and Thursday because of you, Evan. Okay, now this, this email is special. This is special because I really think this girl had the best of intentions in writing me this email. But it is so perfectly passive-aggressive that I cannot even... It's like a masterpiece in my mind. Because I was reading it, and I'm like, this hurts a lot. But, but she seems to not realize it. All right. Subject line, ringing true. Hey, Mark, first of all, I love your podcast. They are hilarious, insightful, and all-around interesting to listen to. What I love most about your style of humor is the way you make your depressing, bitter, and or pessimistic thoughts about the world and your life. Whoa. Ah, oh, I didn't need that at all. <laughs> that was like, I felt like someone hit me inside. <laughs> Did did you guys fucking feel that? It just went right fucking through me. That is ridiculous. I feel like crying. <laughs> I think I was so open. You know when a kid hears a loud noise and there's, there's that beat before they just start crying? They're like, ah! I was so right there. That was fucking phenomenal. Oh my God. Let's get back to this. Maybe uh, I'm reading too many emails. So depressing, bitter, and or pessimistic thoughts about the world and your life so amazingly hilarious. To hear you indulge in your own self-pity with such sincerity, I feel sorry and happy for you at the same time. It's a confused mix of, of agreement that what you're saying is true, but guilt that I'm laughing at your expense, which I hope you'll be happy to know makes me laugh even more. Is it baffling? I mean, I was like literally sitting there going, is this a good letter? I don't know if this is a good... However, after listening to your podcast more and more, I've realized that you remind me of my ex-boyfriend. I'm 23 years old and my ex is 38, so maybe age is part of it. But mostly it's how you are so introspective that you have accepted that this is the way you are, which has made you content with your dejected view of life. <laughs> I told him I thought this and he laughed and agreed of course he did it's fucking the weights off of him obviously the above outlined isn't all what you're about but I just thought it was a little sad that I find you even funnier because it rings true to me even the phrasing of that fucking sentence why couldn't you just say I think it's funny they, as opposed to like not accept that you're fucked up and dump this shit in some sort of poetic lyrical assault on me Am I being too defensive? Then she writes, thanks for the laughs. Cheers, Natalie. Oh, this guy wanted me to do this. Real, I'm almost there, Neil. My best friend, Matt Taylor, is currently living in China and is incredibly jealous, crushed that he isn't here in Vancouver this week. A, to see you perform live at Comedy Mix. B, come to a live taping of WTF with Bob and David. Or C, 
come to the closing night gala and see a star-studded lineup that includes Bob and David, yourself, Tim Heidecker, John Ennis, Chelsea Peretti, Matt Bronger, and Josie Wong. Why is he listing the credits of the show I'm on in an email? <laughs> like, and I was curious if you might in any way possible to give my good friend a shout-out, as the kids say, on this week's show, as it would mean the world to a uh, huge WTF Mr. Show fan and hopefully entice him to move back to Canada so that he doesn't miss out on such things again. Um, that's, it's not possible. <laughs> Come on. Do we, have we had enough? This first interview is going to be exciting for me. <laughs> I've known this guy since he was, what, 16? 17. He was a doorman at the uh, Boston Comedy Club in New York City. He's the brother of a uh, comic that I, I'm aged with. Uh, his older brother, Kevin, is a comic. But he went on to do amazing things. He was the co-creator of, uh, of the Chappelle Show. He uh, co-wrote. Uh, uh, did you direct Half-Baked? Uh, co-wrote Half-Baked. He's now doing uh, stand-up comedy to get his uh, you know, spite out. Um, how else do I want to frame this interview? Neil and I have issues. And I think it's going to be okay. And I think we should just bring, it on, uh, bring him up. He's performing tonight. Please welcome Neil Brennan to the stage. Uh, what, did you, what did you just say to me? I just said, well, backstage, we're like, so are we going to talk about our issues? And then, sure enough, me and this next guy have issues. <laughs> well, I, I think we should just get it out of the way. Okay. Um, uh, before I, and I actually want to, and I mean this in all seriousness, yeah. I left my Prozac in the States. So, so if anyone it, has... Are you serious? Yeah. How, how many days have like, you been off? I need... Oh, this is... Uh, this, would be, this would be day one, but I'm not going to get back till... I'm going on the road. What do you think is going to happen? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's no telling. What, no, do you get, I, what are you getting out of the Prozac? I mean, why did you take it? Uh, you, have it, you never been on medication? I, was I know, I have. I, I was on uh, Prozac briefly, and what I found was that I had other problems, and it, it enabled me to focus more on those other problems. Like... Well, like, what happens with Prozac, it sort of turns the noise off, you know what I mean? Like, like all the stuff, all the spinning and all the bullshit, that, that just stopped, and I was able to focus on why I was an asshole. Do you understand? But I also found, and I've done bits about this. And that it didn't help you solve? No, no, it did, but it was not, like, I didn't want to do it for my life. I didn't want to be on Prozac Have forever. you ever gone to therapy? Sure I have. Here's what I found with Prozac, and, I, and I've talked about it before. Is that whatever, you know, they used to market it by saying, like, it'll give you a new personality. Right. It's, and it does kind of, but the old one is still locked inside of you. <laughs> so there was that feeling that, like, there was a, a, me inside of me going, let me the fuck out of here. This right. pill-popping freak is, you know, taking over. And, Do and you I, still like that guy, the inner you? Did yeah, you what's not to like? Sure, I, what's not to believe in? That's the authentic self. Why are you trying to hide that from you? Because uh, mine's real sad. <laughs> just a very sad guy that I don't want around. That's how I feel about depression. Like, I suffer from depression, and I used to try to out-achieve it. Yeah. Which goes, I literally would go, like, I'd be depressed, and I'd be like, well, I'm going to fucking sell a movie. Yeah. And then I'd get, like, fucking, 
woo, like yeah. party, you sold a movie, and I'd right. be like, fuck you, see you later, depression. Yeah. And then a year and a half later, I'd be walking down the street and be like, Neil. I'd look over, and it's depression waving at me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck, he caught up with me. Yeah. Not in this car. Um, <laughs> well, I understand that, man. I, I, like, I just found that what happened was, and I talked about this, uh, why do I keep referring to myself? I... I think it made me, it made my, my, my sense of self become like a phantom limb. Like, you know, like I'd see things, I'm like, usually that fucking pissed me off. And then it wouldn't because I was on Prozac. And then I'd be pissed off oh, that I wasn't. Oh, you'd be mad that you weren't mad. Yeah, I was pissed off that I wasn't mad. I'm like, what's it doing to me? It's taking yeah, away I've, my I've, life. Yeah, I've seen, I've never, yeah. But I've seen people react to it like that. But it's not doing that for you? And now no, you're, to me, it's, it's just an equalizer. It's how just, long you been on it? I was on Zola for like 10 years. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. You're fucked up. Heck of a run. Yeah, and then now I just switched to Prozac. It stopped working. Yeah, and I tried to like fucking Irish my way through it. With, like <laughs> fucking, I'm gonna exercise. I'm gonna fucking do. I'm just. It's uh, not you. You need to work with the Prozac or work with the Zoloft. And yeah. then finally, I just switch. Now, have Fall. you have you gone down the whole checklist? You know, you know, compulsive eating, compulsive masturbating, compulsive exercising. I'm a vegan. So, well, I guess that makes you better than most of us. <laughs> well, not all, but a lot of you. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're exactly the kind of guy that would be a vegan. <laughs> If I might say I'm that. New, I know I'm new to it, though. Yeah, yeah, of but course you are. Right, there is a completely... Re- it's like one long-ass Lent. You know what I mean? It really is like a religion... It becomes a superstition of like, no, I can't... It, it's a weird... You're right. It's like a Ramadan Sure. No, you're, you're romanticizing the fact that you're a control freak. I get yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, I, <laughs> ab- you're absolutely right. Absolutely. You guys have to stay on board here. When I take shots at Neil, you laugh at them. <laughs> Don't feel sorry for him. <laughs> he's he's a, a slightly recovered. That's dick. a great he's way to dick. get. That's the great way to get over. Yeah. <laughs> what to get an audience? Yeah, is just go like I'm sad. Remember Jeff Ross? <laughs> I, used to I know open what you're doing. That? I, I Jeff know. Ross used to say, "You guys are cheering me up." And it was just the best fucking like. You we are cheering you up. Oh, they, he they needs us. You guys yeah. are cheering me up. Yeah. Oh fuck you, Neil. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to let this happen. I'm not going to let you hijack this into me picking on <laughs> some sad, fucked up person. <laughs> I don't know. Now, I want to make it clear right here and in front of you and Neil that he's, he's achieved a great deal of things. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. He, he wrote a movie and he was a co-creator of the Chappelle Show. How many Chappelle shows? A, uh, I don't know, two and a half seasons. I've directed a movie. You directed a movie? It was not popular, but it's funny. Yeah, I know. You uh, told me to see it. I didn't get to see it. Not no, out of dis- no disrespect. No, no. What's the name of it again? The Goods. The Goods? Jeremy Piven. Did anyone see that? Singer. There you go. Yeah, not bad. All right. Now, here's I what happened. I did it all by myself. Cool. We, I, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna deal with this shit. Is that all right? All right. There's no Prozac here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to. Okay. This will be good for us. I, uh, I, had, uh, I had Neil over to my garage, and we recorded an interview. And I thought it went very well, correct? I don't think you thought oh, it went right. very well. I don't think you thought it went very well. Because when I wrote to you, here's what happened. Here's what actually happened. No, all right. I, we did an interview. You left. And then like three or four weeks later, you sent me an email. And, it, and this is my recollection of it. Right. I, I hadn't put it up yet. I was excited to put it up. Uh, I thought it went well. I thought it was interesting because we have a tension. And, uh, you know, literally days before I was going to put it up, you wrote me an email and said, don't post the episode. Yeah, that's true. And that was it. And That, that I, wasn't it. No. It, and it was unsigned. Don't post. No, it was like I said, hey, it's Neil. 
you know, wasn't like a fucking ransom letter. Don't fucking post the episode <laughs> from no one. You know the one. <laughs> All right, so I got that. I said why, I think, some version of why. I said why. Now, you said why. Right. And I said, uh, you know why. No, okay. <laughs> um, I Anonymous, said, again. Yeah. Uh, I said, I claim that it was because I kind of talked too much about Chappelle. You didn't. You refused to, and it was a respectable thing. Yeah, but it still felt like I was a little bean spilling. The oh. truth was, I didn't feel uh, a respect from you. And I'm not saying I deserve fucking, uh, uh, fucking rose petals under my feet, which you, that's where your head goes. Your head goes, this motherfucker. That's not... Because you, it ended up, yes. All right, so then I was like, I just felt like you've had this podcast, you told me you were going to put me on it very early, and then you're just having fucking get. and I love the podcast, you just have guest after guest after guest. Although this is a different guest. issue. No, 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 uh, it's the same one, though. No, but okay, but so, but this is, there's a I'm whole layer you, I'm of like, more insight. right, okay, but there's a whole layer of you sitting there going, when's my fucking turn? Yeah, well, you, uh-huh. which you should know about as a guy that's tried to get on television. Tried. See, see no, how he no, frames no, 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 no. it? No, just, just listen to, just, I mean, listen to what he's, uh, he pushes out there. This, this is part of the issue. No, as a no, guy, I was backstage tonight, issue. backstage tonight, and I'm like getting ready to come on. I'm like, and I'm like, oh, I hope this goes well. He goes, this is what you do now. I was saying, no, 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 no. I did not say now. That's no, how no, I heard no. it. You didn't. No, I'm making I know. That That's, up? We right. both fucking misinterpret one another on a in as a guy. No, it's clear and it's on record. As a guy who tries to get on television, you said that. Right, but for a long, but like you've. I've heard you talk about club owners who wouldn't book you as "quote unquote" evil cocksuckers. So I know that that's when you're when you're being excluded from something. You know that there's going to be a visceral reaction. Don't want, so don't act like you're magnanimous. Like, well, no, they make their choices, and we're all adults here. <laughs> you instantly go to he's a fucking evil cocksucker. I try to wait a few minutes. No, I know. I, I, I'm getting better at that, man. No, I know. All so, right, all right. so, uh, so I'm fucking listening your, okay. I, every week. I'm like, when yeah. is this fucking invite coming? Never comes. <laughs> oh, come then on, we fi- finally go on the show, and it's like, yeah, you did this thing. Then you just, eh. you're kind of like throwing me scraps. The the biggest. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Was that big popular? <laughs> I guess no. It's fucking insanely popular, way beyond where it should be popular. Uh, that, that, I think I, I feel like that we spent over an hour in there, and I and I think that you're categorizing it a little harshly. I, I, I think that my general demeanor is: look, I'm sorry I didn't see everything you oh, did, no, no, I, yeah. and you know, I, look, I can't like I can't do research. I'm a very panicky I don't person. I do research, but I, I mean, think I, if, I looked you at your if I had worked the door, huh? Th- this is where I where I where I illustrated the point. If I if you knew me as an adult, if you'd heard about me in the abstract, you're looking smooth as fuck. By the way. Thank you. Fuck. Thank you. Those are smooth arms for a, for a Jew. Oh. No less. Oh, you went with the Jew, not with the age thing. That's, that was nice. You could have said for a 50-year-old, how old are you? That was a, I would have expected. No, that's, old, that's the old me. <laughs> now you just go right for the yeah, anti no, That's fine. Um, if you hadn't known me as a, as a fucking little kid, as like a 17-year-old kid, right. you'd have more uh, like abstract respect for me. So I felt like I was... I was. Uh, okay, I, I had to. I had to. Uh, 
somehow overcome our origins of our relationship. But you were you were a dick of a kid. I mean, you were. I mean, like that. Like it wasn't like I was like, oh, there's that cute guy that I used to like so much. I mean, you were a, you know, like at who the, didn't you think was a dick though in the nineties? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, the list is like, it's a fucking lot of dicks and like three good people. And I, and I can't even remember them, apparently. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> three good people, most of whom you married. All right, well, Folks. okay. <laughs> I can take it. I can take it. No, I'm, I'm, try, I, I I'm that trying to keep a, an open look, heart I say that as a fan so, of the show. No, I, I know that. And, yeah. and I'm a big fan of uh, what I've seen of your work. Thank you. Um, <laughs> that's fine. I know you haven't seen it. But here's what. But I, I felt like if you had, you would respect me more. No, but what do you want? For, how would it, What the fuck does also, respect even also, mean? It's not like I like respect. You're, you're not, what do you like? Yeah, like, hey, hey, fucking, uh, fucking. He's uh, he's on the right side of the law. Felt like you felt like I was on the wrong side of the law. Also, you and what, I. What does both, that even mean? I don't fucking. You All know right. what I mean? It's like good to the good to the spirit of dude. Like I, I was just like I'm right sure that some part of me was jealous of all the fucking success, and then there was part of me that was like, well, this punk kid just fucking, you know, yeah. he did this, and but you know, he made she millions of dollars. Yeah. No, I never would thought. I never thought that wasn't what the bile that was about to come out was. No, I would have. Totally no, I don't think myself. you did a right, coattail thing. I, I think you. both of you guys were young guys, and you got along, and you made a thing, you know. And now, for some reason, you know, you're the one who's trying to transcend above it. I mean, it's oh no, yeah, well, that's no fun being like I the both... co-creator of Chappelle's show. It's like, wait, I don't. I thought it was Chappelle's show. Yeah. So you're just a guy that was like, yeah, I guess you did something, right? No, well, I here's the other thing. You and I both realized this that is, we're uh, this both, is a perception I project on. We're people. both allergic to being underestimated and being dismissed. Okay. See, and here's what, look, I, look, I, can we call your father? I don't, I don't know, I don't have his number. <laughs> here's the only real beef that's left with me and Neil, and this is like, we, we, he, out of every, I've never, I've done 250 of these fucking shows. How many of the people did you think were dicks at the beginning of the interview? Most of them. Yeah. No, I don't know. There's only That's a, the arc of the show. This person is a dick. Please welcome so-and-so. No. Then by the end, you go, you know what? You're not a dick. And then, but you go, but next week's guy, total dick. <laughs> Applause breaks. There's got to be some truth to it. No, they, they, I'm taking hits for everybody. <laughs> my, 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 a lot of my audience is recovering dicks. Right. Yeah, we all, yeah. No, I think what you're saying is oh, it's kind of true. There's not a lot of people that I think were dicks. There were people that I had an idea about when they came in or that I didn't. Right. A few. There's not a lot. There's, I could, there's a short list of people that I had problems with. I didn't really have you on there because we'd had a couple of conversations. But I can see how my attitude was uh, maybe not great. But out of 250 people, and that's including some dicks, you were the only guy that said, don't fucking air my episode. The only one that did that. It's the so, only one with the, with the fucking balls. With the balls, I didn't even have to say anything. The balls to do what? It's like, all right, I won't, I won't air it. No, no I'm with No you. one will know about it's it. I don't give great, a shit. Yeah. And then I offered the opportunity to, to do it, you know, for us to listen to it and do a commentary on I'd, it. So you I'd could still love point to do out. That. But I this, was particularly in light of this. I would love to do it. No, okay, maybe we'll do that. But here's what this fucking kid Again, says. Again, he, now he pulls it here's off the what table. He, he offers it to me, and then he pulls it up. Maybe we'll do it. Thank. Well, you'll let I, I don't, I'm busy. I, I you keep waiting for emails, you motherfucker. Every time I email you, within three emails, it turns into some fucking weird edible struggle. All right. Usually it takes four with you. Ugh. Go ahead. 
So here's where it gets ugly. He fucking has me pull the episode. I run into him in New York, and we have this fucking almost a fist fight, which I don't even do. I don't even fucking I don't fight. either. That's, everybody thought we were going to fight. I'm like, there's no I'm way we're going to fight. I'm fucking yelling at him, and he's like, you, you know, you didn't cunt. show me enough respect. Yeah, I called you a cunt. You know why? Because... <laughs> Because after this big thing about respect, and we talk about your father, and we, you know, we almost get to You call me a cunt before that. Fine. You were probably a cunt before that. No, no, that was the arc. was like, you call me a cunt. You're like, oh, I did, I, you, I, you deserve my respect. And I'm kind of in my head like, yeah, I think I deserve yeah. it. As a yeah, but man. then you said, when did you say this? I think you have a problem with younger comics who have outachieved you. I said that that was uh, yeah, that was, was after you called me a cunt. Well, then I should have called you a cunt again. <laughs> what I said was, is, look, advantage Mark Maron. Uh, uh, what I said was, mm-hmm. I said, I think you have people on the show sometimes that have outachieved you so that you can talk to What does that them. mean? It means like you have on a, like a fucking a big name comedian... And then you'll kind of talk down to them as if they've you they've outachieved you. I don't uh, like this. Monetarily, I don't like no, 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 no. Monetarily, monetarily, that's all. Monetarily or commercially, but and then you come at them with a, I yes, you've done that, but I've outachieved you artistically. No, I would never say that. You don't say it. No, you're projecting it. So if I'm not saying it, who the fuck are you to tell me I'm doing that? Fucking Neil, yeah, Neil, exactly, Neil Brennan. Neil Brennan, right. I, I do not think that's part of me. I think all you're seeing is insecurity. You don't think maybe so? A little, then how no. do you decide uh, how to book the show? The show, like, how do you decide? There's got to be some artistic merit to what to how you book it. Yeah, that's why you waited so long. No kidding. That's what but I mean. I, no, that's exactly you, you threw what me I mean. a, a softball. No, no, no. no, but that's what, what I are you mean? talking about? I had a lot of people on that had that were less uh, more popular than you were, which was galling. Yeah, okay. So, so I'm just saying that what you're saying is true. I book the people I want to talk to, and I, and I try to do as many people as possible. Right, but it don't was you nothing think personal it's based on your level. On some, there's got to be some. No, no. I just want really? people who can talk for an is. hour. No, there's definitely not. I just, yeah. I, did you? No. You're yeah, reading but what into about this. That, but then you went on a run. Not really. Fucking not really. Stars. Sometimes I tape. This is getting ridiculous because now, like, there, there was a moment there where I didn't even know you were here. <laughs> like, I just, I, like, I all of a sudden realized, like, I'm getting to that place. Where I'm just, where I'm, it's going to be cunt time. I can feel it. Oh, cunt really? Time. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm here because I, I feel like we, we're, this is the best we've ever gotten along. <laughs> All we ever needed was an audience. So you got a show tonight? Yeah. How'd it sell? Uh, I don't, exactly. I don't know. Probably not as well as this. <laughs> Looks like I outachieved you this yeah, evening. again. Artistically and commercially this time. <laughs> Neil Brennan, ladies and gentlemen. You want to hang out yeah. for a while? You ready? Oh. I, you know, I, I'm excited about this next performer because I love her stand-up, but I'm, I'm a little out of the loop in the international world, and she, uh, she used to open for, uh, for a hero of mine who I met uh, out in, uh, in London, uh, Stuart Lee, and she's a, a huge act over there, and it's a, a privilege to have her here. Please welcome Josie Long to the stage. Hi. Hi. Now, when you were just standing there watching what was happening, <laughs> wait, wait, as the next performer, what were you thinking? I was fucking terrified. <laughs> also because it seemed to me, like, I'm English, hi. Um, <laughs> and it seems like, like 
culturally so different. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm involved in so much more politeness <laughs> than you. Like, there's no way that that conversation would have happened if you guys were married in England. <laughs> I wouldn't have, like, there was too much, too much openness. Well, that's what makes America the best fucking country <laughs> in the world. But like, and when you were like, yeah, I did call you a cunt, I was like, ow! <laughs> Even though I love to swear, but like, it still yeah. seemed, I mean, It got tense, huh? I, it was nice that you worked through it. Yeah, but it's it's temporary. <laughs> Do you guys actually hate each other or do you love? No, them? we've never hated each other no. for a second. It, there's nothing but love here. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. You don't have this kind of dynamic with somebody if it, what at the core of it is some sort of weird familiarity yeah, that you absolutely. cannot pull out of. Yeah. Like if you have this kind of relationship, and I have it with a few guys, if you have this kind of relationship where you're like right when they walk in the room, are like, oh fuck, here we go, you know, <laughs> you should just like move past that and go, hey, I love you, man. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, absolutely. All right. Thanks, Josie. I know, it's kind of lovely now. <laughs> Dude, how come, why is that? Like, and I, I don't want to be condescending, but is that true about, like, why can't British people talk about their feelings publicly? Um, don't make me do this. No, <laughs> it, Was that too big a question? I apologize. Could um, you please speak for your country? No, I, I find it, like, because I, I, I'm a stand-up, and the stand-up I write is so rarely about kind of, Personal? Like, yeah, it's not about my family or my love life or anything like that. Really? Yeah. What do you talk about? God, just anything. <laughs> but no, is there like, like, is there a cultural avoidance? Because I know I've heard that, but I don't spend enough time, you know, in in Britain to know that that there is really this sort of weird repressed thing. That... I think it's it's definitely a case of like, you don't want to bring up things with people. So if you, if there's someone that you dislike, you'll be like, oh great, they're here. Hi, how are you? <laughs> yeah, great. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it'll be a lot more of that. Than, oh really? Yeah, God, I, in, I couldn't fucking live there. No, but it's good because then, sort of, when you're with friends, you can be like, oh my god, I had to see that jerk, and he was such a total jerk. <laughs> yeah, we uh, jerk a lot. Yeah, we do both of those things. We do like we do the the assaulting sort of engagement, and then we go back and like fuck him. You know, like we get both parts. That's having the cake and eating. Yeah, cake. absolutely. So and now I, I and I know you did this a while ago, but I love uh, uh, Stuart Lee, and he was one of these guys that I didn't know at all because I'm like completely unfamiliar uh, with the international comedy scene because I'm American and arrogant, and um, I just didn't know about it. But when I when I uh, finally was turned on to him, I was like, "Holy fuck, this guy is amazing!" And and he sort of did he take you under his wing or just or, I mean, were yeah, you buddies? He, he was really incredible to me um, because uh, he was coming back to stand up. He took a break from stand up. Uh, for a few years he made this thing called Jerry Springer the Opera yeah uh, which is it was incredible yeah it it's was, a real thing it's it great. was like an opera version of Jerry Springer uh, that's all you need to know that's what it was <laughs> uh, but on a full scale like proper opera like no fucking around like yeah. big cast and then um, he there's there's like one right wing Christian guy in the whole of England but he does enough work for like a thousand yeah and he's a nutter and he sort of really handed the production and was just insane, basically. And um, Stuart took a break from stand-up to do that, and he was coming back to doing stand-up in 2005, and I was just sort of finding my feet, I suppose. Um, And he saw me at this gig, uh, and then I think he was, like, sussing out whether I was, like, quite annoying or too annoying to take on tour. (laughs) And then, like, I was just not too annoying to hang out with. (laughs) And then he took me on tour with him around the UK, and I I was, so I was, like, 22, 23, and he was, um, like late 30s but it wasn't creepy like with you it was like (laughs) sorry I just no it was really cool um, he basically 
I'm sorry. It's just because you guys are so bitchy to each other. I was like, I can do that. No, of course you can. Yeah, and I want you to. I want you to do it for all British people. Thank you. I uh, no, I, I, I know I can be a little creepy. I, but, um, <laughs> You're creepy at all. I think okay. <laughs> so... But not like no, no I know. But, no, but Stuart's okay. like a, like an amazing guy. He's one of those yes, dudes. Sorry. He's one of those dudes, and, and I think you do this too. Where, like he told he taught me one of the most important lessons I ever heard in comedy. Like he changed my life in our conversation because he wow. quit because he couldn't stand going out in front of audiences that didn't get him. Yeah. And and it like it eventually beat him down, and and he didn't know you know what to do with that in his brain. And then one day he realized that the proper response to that is not anger, but it's symp- empathy for the person that made a bad choice with their evening. Yeah, they put the wrong ticket. T- that fucking changed my life. Like you know when you see the one or two people in the audience just sort of like I don't fucking get this. Like the, the realization is sort of like you're not going to then. It's not. This isn't going to turn around. I don't do it differently. I'm sorry you're here. Because you could have done something and else. That's I, fucking genius. When I get that feeling, I almost think, I bet we could have got on under different circumstances. <laughs> like, you say if that we to went, them? You know what I say to them, like, especially now I'm doing political stuff, I'm always like, if we were skiing, that's what, because that's what, like, rich yeah. people like. Yeah, and that. skiing. Like, we'd get on, you know? Yeah. No, Do you know I've, how to ski? Um, well, I've done um, ski gigs twice in my life. Ski gigs? Yes. Oh, it's incredible. Okay. They, they take you to the Alps, and you yeah. get three days skiing for free, and you do gigs to ski cunts. Yeah. But, um, they're, they're not good people, but like you, the, people who take, the people who run the gigs are really great and ski lovely. Ski cunts? No, the people who run the gigs are like cool yeah. dudes. I just promoters. love that British people can just throw cunt around like it's nothing. <laughs> I fucking love that. Ski cunts. Could never sorry. like I put I put that on T-shirts, but they'd never sell here. <laughs> Not in America. You can have ski cunt on a T-shirt. <laughs> I would buy that T-shirt. Wouldn't you ski cunt? I could get away with it. Oh, shoot! I'll open up a whole label of clothing. It's a ski think... cunt brand. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. So you're you're performing for ski cunts in the Alps. <laughs> I can't remember why I was talking. Oh, oh, but then I I found it really hard because like. I've been trying to talk about social justice on stage, and then that's like the worst atmosphere to try and talk about. <laughs> because even you were thinking, ah, yeah. fuck them, I went down a green run, I wasn't even looking, I was like, woo! That, that is truly the worst environment for political humor is when people are on vacation. You, you know, you're like, hey, by the way, things are fucked up, right? And they're just sitting there with their dumb hats going, well, I thought we were on a trip. <laughs> yeah. So how'd that go over? It was quite, I mean, it was, it was quite a challenge. They listened to you? But it was, uh, it was fun, like some were, some gigs were better than others. There was one where, uh, but it's that thing that Stuart has, I suppose, which is confidence that that you are definitely doing a thing, but it might not be the thing they want. And seeing stand up more like like musicians, you know, it, you perform what you perform in your own voice, and yeah. it's like different genres of music. It's not like well, they're funny, they're not funny. It's right. like well, they're doing that, they're doing that. Yeah, well, there's well, there's, there's that though. But when you're a musician and people hate you, you can always just look at the bass player and go, hey, yeah, we're doing it. You know, when you're <laughs> <laughs> when you're a comic, you can just look at them and go, this isn't happening. <laughs> I don't have a bass player up there. So I'm still like, I can't imagine doing, I, I've done ski, like, was this a ski area where they were still wearing their boots and shit? Like just fresh off the slope, so if there was any problem about politics, they'd have to clunk after you with their boots. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> I, I needed to bring that back just to do a stupid <laughs> no, physical bit. It was yeah. good. But what, what, what do you do politically? Is it, is it a full change in your disposition? Yeah, it really is. Um, because you're, bo- uh, you're newly political. Yeah, I think so. Or, or, or certainly like newly really angry because we've uh, in the middle of... Well, because last year before last year... Are you night, really angry? Yeah, I, it's not even 
deliberate, it's provoked, you know, because I live under this government that's so conservative, it's like rabid. Yeah. And, and so every decision they make, you know, you, you feel like every morning you're w- looking at the news and you're getting a kicking for mm-hmm. no reason. Yeah. And it's all the stuff you like because, like, I like arts and I like libraries and I like, sure. you know, people having healthcare and that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and so, like, every day it's like, what? how are they, why are they doing that? And so <laughs> there's been, like, a whole generation of comedians. Was that just you angry? Is that me? No, when you went, ah, oh, why? Oh, that, that no, one? no, that makes it, no, man, that, that's just a joke. When I'm angry, I'm like, much Yeah, I'm just frightening. Like, I'm just waiting for you, like, fuck them, <laughs> god damn it. But Is that in you? Yes, I mean, I'm not, but I'm not, I'm not a toy. <laughs> okay. You're not, okay, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to objectify you in any way as a toy. <laughs> Good. So um, when you do, like, what kind of gigs do you do for the politics stuff? Oh, there's a, there's a genuine thing that I'm really excited about that I've started doing, which is, um, because I, I'm, uh, part of this group called UK Uncut and mm-hmm. there's a US Uncut but I don't know whether there's a Canada one I don't know I don't know I don't care I didn't bother find out is it affiliated nah, with the that's <laughs> not what I meant <laughs> I didn't mean it like that it just sounded that was better. like that yeah <laughs> is it affiliated with the Occupy thing or sort of I mean it's definitely similar it's an Occupy offshoot no no it predates <laughs> Occupy oh okay it's predating the Occupy <laughs> yeah yeah. I was going to say fuck Occupy, but I didn't mean it at all. It's like the opposite of what I, I think I'm a big so that, well, that, If you would have said fuck Occupy, that would be the exact reason why the left is never empowered as much as they we're should be. We're always fighting. Yeah, yeah. No, fuck Occupy. We were doing that before. But I tell you, no. <laughs> with, with, it, with less effect, apparently. <laughs> yeah. But the reason the left never gets anywhere is because everyone has to have 20 meetings about everything. Exactly. And then everyone oh, yeah. quibbles over like a yeah. small thing that's irrelevant. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, oh, but yeah, and there's always the one person that's like, I'm allergic to uh, oils. Is there <laughs> any way that we can make this a scent-free zone for these <laughs> meetings? And then people have to talk about it for 20 minutes. And then the one chick with dreadlocks who has patchouli on is like, fuck you, man. I should have a... And then the, that's your meeting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, but, um... A lot got done in that meeting. <laughs> But okay, I and apologize. We, we started doing this thing where we, we go into kind of banks that, because the government, my government is making loads and loads of cuts that are completely unnecessary and like fueled by ideology and we're all furious about it. And then, so we go into like tax dodging businesses like Vodafone and banks that we've bailed out to the tune of like right. millions. And, and then we just kind of like occupy them and turn them into sort of comedy clubs or creches. Oh, really? or, yeah. Yeah. So like you turn a bank into a creche and then they can't get angry. A, cause, a cre- Oh, do you have creches? No. Daycare, thank you. Um, you turn a bank into a daycare. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You turn yeah ba- how many more people left? <laughs> <laughs> it was still only like 10%, so it's not ideal. But well, that's you. better than the 1% who exactly. aren't here. <laughs> so, wait, so you bring kids in and you set them up? You bring kids into this? No, it sounds creepy. No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't mean so a creepy way. so people would like, turn it into a question, then basically people working there can't be like, I'm furious at these babies. <laughs> they just have to be like, okay, there's loads of babies. And then, so what we well, that's do- kind of genius. It's just, you know, use the kids as a shield, I think they call that. <laughs> Human shield. <laughs> it's like, how are you going to hate us? Look at the baby. <laughs> but like, now oh, give me the fucking money. <laughs> Do, do people drop their kids off at these fucking Vodafone? <laughs> like, hey, is there a crash here? Yeah, take my baby. I got to get some shit done. You l- that is how we got three babies out of the last one. <laughs> Just <laughs> Please tell me that one of them was left and no one came to pick it up. Yeah, it's a mascot. <laughs> We're still trying to find that child's parents. So we're taking care of it. But So uh, I think uh, the, the reason we do it is to try and like turn anger into like 
something good and joyful and like something to do with like vaguely like because what I really love is comedy and I'd mm -hmm. rather just be trying to do comedy and stuff. And we did this thing where we rented a minivan and we took it around the country to places that people slag off. So like people would go, oh, that's a shithole, that's a dump. And then we would like find a spot in the centre of the town, like an underpass or yeah. uh, like a car park or sometimes we did it on the beach. And then we would set up a backdrop and we'd like get loads of teenagers and do a show for them and then just piss off again. So you, you just you draw a bunch of people to a bad neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. And then we'd leave them there. Do it, yeah. Just get back in the van, like sort but it out. Thanks guys. for helping out. <laughs> it's your hope you can get home. Sorry, I hope the train's still running. <laughs> well, that sounds great. And uh, and you're touring a lot all over the world. All you international acts go all over the place. I don't go anywhere. It's because there's me. nothing much going on where we are, so we've got to get out. But no, but it seems like if you hang around England and you're pretty funny, they'll give you a TV show. Oh, no. What does that say about me? I've been doing it for fucking you years. You never had a TV show yet? No. Oh, it's going to happen. I, I, well, I think from this podcast, you're going to get a <laughs> TV show. What will it be called? It will be called uh, the, the Angry Crush. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you call that? Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate your anger, and I felt like it was very exciting to see some of that. Because I, I, look at Neil, look at me. Like, we definitely engage in, in anger in our comedy, but we don't hide it. It's right out in the open, right? But that's been something I've been trying to write about recently, like how uncomfortable I'm doing that and trying to, like, especially if you're doing stuff that's specifically saying, I hate the conservatives and I hate what they're doing. And then people actually react to it. You know, they're furious. And sure. that's quite new for me. I've not really done yeah. it before. So you're feeling power. That's a great I start. I weird. <laughs> I, I feel kind of sad. Like, I, I, often I've had to have people remonstrate with me after a show and I... I end up just apologizing loads and being like, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to upset you. It's supposed to be comedy. <laughs> no, and then they're like, no, it's good. You should lead us. I love that. The, you know, the aggression of sort of like, isn't it fucked? I'm sorry, that was out of hand. I, I didn't mean to. I apologize. That's exactly what it's like. Well, thanks for coming, Josie. Hang out. It's uh, Josie Thank Long, you. ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Let's check in with uh, Jessica's travels. I assume she's in the air now, but what we missed while uh, we were talking was on plane, taking off soon, love the shit out of you, five exclamation points. And then the next text was, everyone hates slash is jealous of my pizza. <laughs> she's a lively one. All right. Now, it's uh, my pleasure now that what's going to happen in the second half of the show is all uh, Mr. Show related. And I have a tremendous amount of history with all these guys. Uh, the first guy I'm going to bring out uh, was a regular cast member on Mr. Show and also a very talented actor and improviser and funny man of all sorts. Please welcome John Ennis to the stage. John Ennis. Do you guys remember him from the show, right? Yeah, sit wherever you want. Grab a mic. We can spread it out. I knew John. Jesus Christ, this is old home week here. When did I meet you? I met you in Boston, I right? Met, I 1988. Met you in Boston. 88. And at that time, you were like, I think you were fun. I met you before that, though. But I, okay, let's go all the way to the beginning. Let me not get awkward around this. This is scary, but let's do it. Okay. I was going out with a girl named Sarah. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and she tried to run away from me. Yes. And she ran away to summer school in Los Angeles, and I was in Boston. And Dave Cross and I were staying at a frat house. Yeah. Where what? it's the only frat house in Los Angeles at the time where you could pay $100 for a room. 
And it was like, you know, stable showers kind of thing. Didn't have to have, you didn't have to have any affiliation with the school. You didn't have to get your credit checked or anything like that. <laughs> and you and Dave were our best friends at yes. this point. Yes, so we traveled across the country together in a car and landed in like somebody's, one of those basements you can pull in and sleep because it's cool. <laughs> yeah. And we had like towels rolled up in the windows. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And, um, and then we found, we actually in someone else's car too. We were in Paul Clay, a comedian. We were in his car. So you were in a borrowed car he driving went, across He went on the road for stand-up and we were like, hey, can we borrow your car while you're gone? Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, you need it for running around? Well, we're going to live in it. <laughs> so we were living in his car basically while we looked for a place, but not that hard because it was a comfortable car. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we even pulled in once to a place that was a model home. <laughs> No, you didn't. Yeah, I swear to God. It was like, so they were showing one of the, the, the places. Yeah. And the rest of them were empty. But we stole everything out of the place that was full and then sold it um, to a guy <laughs> to, to a let guy. us sleep at his house for a couple nights. It wasn't really sold. It was like a trade and barter thing. But, um, you were, you but we guys... literally sat in the car and we were like, let's drink this Foster's and then we'll go take all that shit. <laughs> Because the place is open, and we have nothing, and most of it, if we roll up the rug, we can put it between the seats, we can put the, the bureau thing, but everything was like made of shit, because it was a model home. Right. So none of the stuff was actually something that was worth anything to anyone, and even the guy we gave it to was like, yeah, you can leave it here, but I mean, how many nights are you guys really planning on staying here? Uh, Kevin Townsend, I know, was, yeah. is, is the guy whose house we, we lived in um, yeah. for a couple of days. And his roommate kept, he hated us, um, not just for leaving the shitty stuff, but he was just like, you guys are so good. And he would just say that to us no matter what we said. And we realized this isn't going well. But um, He said it with hostility. Yeah, but we moved into this frat house because it was $100 uh, for a room, and strangely, so did your ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, who, your girlfriend at the right, time. Right, my girlfriend, Sarah, who was my first real girlfriend. And, I, like, in retrospect, she that was her first attempt to get as far away from me as possible. <laughs> I was impossible to break up with because I was a jealous fuck. But you were sweet. This is a very sweet Mark Marin. Really? But, yeah. Well, very I mean, sweet young man. But before I got out there, you were answering the phone there, right? Well, it was a pay phone, and the phone would ring and ring <laughs> and ring. <laughs> And I'd be like, I'm just going to fucking get that. What the fuck? And I'd answer, hey, hey, man, is, is my girlfriend in a room? <laughs> what? Who is this? That's Mark, man. What's up? Is my, is my girlfriend? We go just check in room seven and see if she's there. And if she's not there, is she with a guy? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'll, I'll look. And I'd be like, Mark, there's no one in the room. There's, I don't think she's with a guy. You're good. There's no one in the room, though. All right, um, I'm going to call back in about 20 minutes. Okay, cool. All right. And her, her sister, Melissa, and I became really close yeah, friends, who I, right. whom I loved dearly, yeah. a wonderful person. Yeah. Really loved her. And, and I became friends with your girlfriend, too. And Mark showed up, swear to God, with a guitar and love songs. Is it? I swear to God, and he sang them for her. In front of you? Not necessarily, but I heard them. <laughs> but I remember it was like a group shower thing because there's all these guys that stayed in the frat house. And I remember you going like, so does, do other people go in there and shower? 
Or is it just like the girls get to go in there and shower and then it's like, yeah, Mark, don't worry. It's cool. Everything's great here at the frat house. Like I thought it was some sort of fuck party. Like that was, <laughs> As soon as I got away, everywhere Sarah was just sort of like, who wants to fuck me in the shower? <laughs> she loved Mark. That was the truth. She wasn't messing around. She was talking to Mark. She loved oh, Mark. God, That's I true. I wish I believed I'm, I'm still, that. I'm not still protecting Sarah from 30 years ago, 20 years ago, from 10 years ago. Wait a minute, I just did... Yeah. Can I do the math on Yeah, that? go ahead. It's going to be more than 10, though. All right. <laughs> um, but I, I, got, I had a bad thing happen where, like, I had my ear was fucked up at yeah. UCLA, and, like, I had, like, a... This is when you arrived, but not because of you. But I remember I had to go to UCLA Medical School, and I didn't have any money. And David and I, he would work, and every Friday we would get Fat Burger, and he'd bring home a bottle of whiskey and go, like, Right? <laughs> Fucking living the dream, Right? <laughs> Are you shitting me? This is ours. <laughs> and I had, uh, I had worked a lot in my life and decided I didn't want to do that anymore. But we would, we would wake up to our, what we called our evening meal when all the frat guys had finally fallen asleep and make macaroni for free yeah. in the kitchen. Our room was off the kitchen, but it was literally like, is it boiling? <laughs> yeah, it's boiling. Go ahead, put it in. Let's go. <laughs> and we would make these meals and everything. But I went to UCLA Medical School and... And they were like, so you've got something in your ear. It's like, you need to get this taken yeah. out because it's, it's getting swollen. You're not right. you know, your balance is off because of this. And I was like, oh, cool. And they're like, what's your name? I was like, Stephen Weber. <laughs> like, what? Stephen. Stephen what? Stephen Weber. Stephen <clears throat> Weber. And like, okay. And they took it out and I ran. <laughs> and I never, I never went back to, to pay the bill until just this past week. <laughs> Come on. No, I didn't pay the bill. You never paid the bill. But then, like, there was this, like, before Mr. Show, I mean, this, this goes back to, like, 1988, and I remember seeing you guys when I came out with my fucking guitar. I, these guys, him, him and Dave, were so fucking funny. And I, was, I don't think I'd really started to do comedy. So I come out with my guitar thinking I'm like Mr. Funny Guy. And then you guys literally took the guitar, improvised some fucking amazing show. Sarah's hysterical. Her sister's hysterical. I'm sitting there going, no, oh, this is fucking ridiculous. How, do, how can I compete with this shit? And then, you were uh, funny. Yeah, eventually Sarah had to move to France to get away from me. And I couldn't follow <laughs> her there. It was very hard to call her. That was a bad time. <laughs> it's serious. She I, left. She moved to Europe, and I would call up, and dudes would answer. Oh. Yeah. You like? Could you go check her room? <laughs> and then did a French accent. Like, oh, I'm she, in she, her room. Yeah. Oh. She's okay. We're still friends. It worked out. But let's get um, let's get to that point where you're in Boston because this is where I remember we played softball. We we're all hanging out. But but John used to like you were some sort of like weird hippie Manson theater guy. You used to like live in a loft, and you had all these people that lived with you. In my recollection, I of still it. do this. You, <laughs> you had long hair and a beard, and it was some sort of weird communal vibe to it. It was the Flurby Human Theater. Yes, of course. And we, we only cast people that had something really wrong with them. <laughs> it's a good way to build the Flurby Humans. David that's right. Was, David was in it. Was he? Yeah. But I, I just always remember going down there. This was there right before Cross Comedy, which was what Which was what started with Mr. Show. But I remember always going down to that loft, and there, it was always you with, like, three beautiful girls hanging around. And there was, like, you know, reefer smoke and just sort of this environment where I'm like, this guy's got it fucking figured out. We had a four-foot bong, <laughs> and we called it the Boo Man Tong <laughs> because you couldn't smoke it by yourself. <laughs> You had to suck yeah, it up. It was a two-man bong. You had to like, until one day we got there and there's a guy with a coat hanger with a match on the end of it going like, huh? <laughs> Who's fucking smartest guy here? 
And he, uh, he, he, we, to this day, he is the smartest guy I know. <laughs> That's true. But uh, we had a basketball hoop that was like only six, six feet off the ground. And one of those little basketballs, because we were inside. Yeah. And we would rehearse and rehearse and rehearse these comedy shows with Carrie Prusa, was the director of it. David was in the group. Right. This guy, Wally Kemp, who's a genius from, uh, from Emerson. Um, and we, you know, we both, we were in comedy groups at Emerson College, and now this was both groups, gotten out of college, realized, oh, those were going to be the best days of our life <laughs> yeah. back in college. Like, now <laughs> yeah. what are we going to do? We better find a group of people that care about us. And it was a, it was a group of bike messengers. <laughs> yeah. And, and David wrote a bit about law firms where people had to wear two ties to deliver for the law firms <laughs> because he was, like, making fun of the fact that these people, like, were just such assholes. <laughs> And so everyone at the firm had to wear two ties. You know, you have to wear two ties. It was like, and, uh, but it was only bike messengers that would come to our shows. It was nobody else. And so it was, the, we, weren't, we, we would charge five bucks. It would be all the keg beer you could drink. If the police came, we would have the elevator go down with the beer in it and just have cups around and go like, oh, no, the beer's gone, man. We're almost done here. Could you guys just be cool? And, uh, and we would do these, these comedy shows in, the, in that loft. Where did you, you grow up, though, in, in Massachusetts? Because you got that accent. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> and Whatever. You're, you're like doing one of the best ones. You're doing, aren't you doing Danny Gould's podcast? I now? am. I'm doing Danny. I've been playing two hilarious. political guys from Boston. That's He's hilarious. Robbie Sullivan, which is a kid I grew up with. Robbie. Was, Did you grow up right in Boston? I grew up in Needham, Walsley, yeah. Massachusetts. <laughs> it's, it's, it's such a difficult accent. Yeah, it's not really hot if you're a fucking Sox fan. <laughs> Because you know, I, I went to the Bruins game with my dad when we were really when I was really young, yeah. and there was a guy yelling, "You're an asshole! You suck! You can't skate! You're a dumb prick! You bastard!" And then, like a few weeks later, we went to the game again, but different seats. And I hear it again, "You dumb bastard! You're a fucking asshole!" And I'm like, "Dad, we're in different seats. I can't believe that same guy's behind him." He's like, "John, they're everywhere. <laughs> That's not one guy." <laughs> So, all right, so let's, should we bring the other guys out oh, and do yeah. the Mr. Show thing? Absolutely. I'll move right. down. Right. Yeah, we can, we can all switch up and see what happens. Please welcome the stage, Dave Cross and Bob Odenkirk. No, you don't sit on this side, Bob. You sit, we can... Is there, I, yeah, if you could all sit as far away from me as possible, that would be okay, great. Okay, seems kind of rude to the cupcakes. Yeah, to, have a cupcake. Have anything you want here. I'd smoke salmon. Side. I'm I vegan. Have, you're vegan. You are not. I just said that because of what you said before. <laughs> hang on. You just said that Hang on, hang on, hang on. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> I'm hey, good. Hey, how's it going? All right. So. <laughs> anyone, anyone you want, Dave. I, this one sounds funnier. <laughs> <laughs> Before, before we uh, get into anything, to, I, I would like to share a moment that was one of the, the best moments that I've had recently, and, and I'm sure it's going to be one of those things that I bring up with you, Dave, and you're going to go, I didn't want to... We, Yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, remember you came, and then the woman at the festival said, are you going to do any stand-up? And you're like, no, I'm not going to... I don't want to do any stand-up. Right. And then uh, we go up in the elevator together. We have some you know, weird time just talking. <laughs> That's all in your head. Okay. <laughs> No, it wasn't weird. weird. We were just talking, it wasn't right? Weird, yeah. Right, and then like it was, an, it was this amazing transition. He's getting off the elevator, and he's like, "Oh, I got to tell you about this. There was one of those dogs, you know, an assistant dog at the airport." But your face lit up. I mean, you were thrilled yeah. to be sharing the experience, and you were like, "It just, it just had diarrhea." 
all over everything. And the, the look on your face, it just made me say, are you sure you don't want to do a set tonight? <laughs> yeah. Do you, what happened with that? With the dog? Yeah. Um, a guy had one of those guide dogs, and they have the red-orange uh, vest on, yeah. so you know that it's, a, um, you know, it's allowed in the airport, allowed on a plane. And the guy was walking. He wasn't uh, blind, but he had some problem that he needed the dog for. <laughs> and the dog, I mean, it's, you know, the poor dog. <laughs> it's at the gate, and uh, it just fucking, it, like, exploded. Tiny, 20% of the dog exploded. And... And, you know, I, I have a dog, and you know that thing where the dog does, like, goes like, just, I can't, and he's trying to do it, and it just stops. You know, it, it is one of those things where, uh, I mean, a dog shitting it in, the, in the park isn't funny, but a dog shitting at the gate at the airport where everybody's going, oh, man. <laughs> and it stunk, and they the the um, airport people weren't very friendly with him, and, and it's it's a bummer. They they have high stress jobs, but it's not his fault. It's not the dog's fault. It happens, and it's just it's it, the diarrhea's fault. Yeah. <laughs> he shouldn't have had all that diarrhea. Uh, it's it's that's what happens when you feed your dog diarrhea. <laughs> nice job. <laughs> It just, it was funny and awful and embarrassing. You're embarrassed for the guy, and they made him clean it up. And they made him clean it yeah, up? Yeah. They were angry with him, yeah. Yeah, they, and they made, they made him put the dog down there in front of him. And, uh, with yeah. his hands. <laughs> they made him strangle yeah, It was like I Am Legend. Or, uh, boom. And then the guy had he could never get out of the airport because he needed the dog's help. Yes, he's still there. Yes. He's still there. Um, it, it, it was it was oh. really calling right now for his dog. Diarrhea. Where are you? Diarrhea. It was just it was a bummer, and it. I think I think if you didn't have the uh, smell aspect to it, which really did bump people up, people were like, "Oh man!" And it stunk. He had to stay there. Yeah, and it really did fill up the, the area. And uh, but also it's comical when, as I said before, in that setting when a dog is taking a shit. Just normally it's not funny. You don't look at a dog going taking a shit, going, "Oh man, I'll always laugh at that," you know. But in an airport where it just puts on the brakes and the guys, "What are you doing? Come on, come on, nightmare, let's go." <laughs> oh God, I'm so glad you anyway, did that. That was funny. Oh, so fucking great. Did, how often do you guys get together, seriously? I mean, is this like when this happened where you're like, oh, man, are we, do we have to pull out our pencils again and write things down? That, that's how, that's, we ran that's out of how pencils. long... That's, that's, that's how, why we stopped. That's how long we've been working together. We started with pencils back in the 30s. <laughs> in a manual typewriter. Uh, no, it's been... We, it's weird. Uh, it doesn't... It's I, like every four years weird or so, it seems. To, I, I don't, yeah, we work together all the time. We talk all the time right. and stuff. And, but I guess we don't work together that much. It but seems as far like as doing we, what we're doing tomorrow, we don't do that yeah, often. Yeah, right. So it's been years. I don't know. When was the last time? I think Chicago, right? Okay. Well, that was like two years ago we did a show in Chicago, right? Oh, it was longer right. than that. Oh. It was longer than that. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. 
<laughs> Do you have fun, Not that Buff? Often. Are you having fun? Oh, yeah, we have a great time. <laughs> uh, we did a show for HBO. We did a pilot for HBO like three years ago. Mm-hmm. What was, was really, that? It's called David's Situation, and David played himself in a... We had the set from Everybody, Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> yeah. And, and he lived there, not in the set, but in a house, a suburban house, uh, with um, a, a, a hippie and a, a, a tea party guy. And, uh, and then it had, like, stand-up in it. Like, right. he did stand-up in it. And there's, like, this little kid neighbor who he watched and took care of and talked to about Very life. sitcom trope, you know. Yeah, yeah and it was uh, really fun. And it, huh? I don't know. Who did John, I play? I, I don't know. I played I a child molester. <laughs> And I got there, and I swear to God, they were like, what happened to the weight? <laughs> you were our fat guy. What'd you do? So they, I wore a fat suit. I swear to God, I played true? a child molester. In a fat suit? Yeah, and I showed up with condoms. <laughs> right? And a hamburger. And yeah. a hamburger. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have no idea why this didn't go. It was really funny. It really it was, funny. But, but was the conceit that it was actually at the Raymond house, or you just took no, advantage of the No, but it set? was the Raymond house. Oh. I mean, you could tell, because it <laughs> yeah, was yeah. the same thing. Um, we, uh, That's you know, the it thing was that really it... funny. It played really well. The audience loved it. And then on, t- we were just talking about it backstage. On uh, when you watched it, you know, on tape or whatever, cut together, it was just kind of flat. It felt like it didn't have the energy that it had. And I think it was just a matter of like, like when David did stand up and you were there that night, you could tell he was just talking to you. He walked off the set and all. And even though you could see that on the final product, yeah. you could see that he walked off the set yeah. and was talking to the audience, it feels canned right away. Yeah. It doesn't feel like... It just it didn't translate. That well, that, well, that sitcom set sucks the fucking laughter it out does. of everything. It like, does. It just the it's format. Weird. We, we tried so many different ways to cut it together, too, because we all walked out of there. Uh, I mean, HBO so ourselves, like, fun. oh, my God, this yeah. is going to be yeah, great. Yeah. It's amazing. And it just didn't translate. We got the first cut from... Which is always rough. Always. Yeah. yeah. And... I mean, it was there was nothing there, and and then Bob and I went in and we tried all these different ways. Well, what if we cut out the opening? What if we put include the part where you're talking to the audience before that wasn't meant to be on there about what to watch, and or what if we take this out? What if we move this? Yeah. Out? And it just all never like worked. Kinda, it just felt flat. Yeah, kind of flat. Yeah, flat. kind of dead, yeah. and it wow. didn't have that energy. But one of the other things is, I was there, but I wasn't in the show. Yeah. So and when. David and I like said hi at the beginning and at the end. The audience went crazy and it had so much energy. Yeah. And then it was like, maybe it felt like a little like, well, what are you, what are you fucking standing over there? Get in front of the camera <laughs> yeah, and do yeah. the show. It, it like not me not being in it might have been just yeah. like it didn't feel like. Well, I think you're flattering energetic. yourself, but um, <laughs> it's. I'm not sure that that's. This is my partner. This me. is my friend here. <laughs> Well, that's a good. I'm gonna eat these six cupcakes. Do it. Eat them all. I offered one to your daughter, uh, and she was, was like, uh, "No." It, um, I don't know. Yeah, it didn't work. It but didn't we work had out. fun. But like the whole dynamic between you two, because I've interviewed you both, and uh, and I've never really hung out too much with the two of you together. Yeah. But the whole dynamic with the two of you, how did that fucking start? Because like I know you both wrote on Stiller, but it was one of those things you couldn't have well, liked great, each other. The first meeting was <laughs> awesome. The first meeting was awesome. Should I tell it or do you? Yeah, yeah, it's no. I, I like better it if you tell it. What? Just because, I, no, I like hearing it because right, you so, know both. So I knew Janine Garofalo, and yeah. she was a friend, and uh, I lived in a kind of crappy little house out in L.A. after writing for SNL. And uh, one, uh, this is, a, I do remember this. I was sitting there in my front room and uh, 
watching TV, and I had a sandwich. I'd made this sandwich, and I like to eat. That was one I of your like top food. ten sandwiches. Let's be honest. <laughs> David, I at the time. Please keep that in mind. Please keep that I know, in mind. I know. It was a particularly I'm de- I, good sandwich. I end up defending you a lot in this story. <laughs> and no, the sandwich doesn't get its due <laughs> diligence. And, no, it was and, an awesome and, sandwich. And there was a knock on my door, and the, I said, "Open it." And the door opened, and there was Janine Garofalo outside the screen, and there was a young fellow I didn't know. <laughs> With a basketball. With a basketball, but a grown man. A let grown let man. me just interject one thing, because from my side, I was like, I was in L.A., I was kind of bored, I was a little uh, uh, intimidated by it, and I didn't know what to do, and, and, uh, and I wanted to play basketball, and Janine's like, oh, I've got a friend, this guy I was telling you about, he's really funny, he's a really great guy, Bob Odenkirk, you're going to love him, uh, but he plays basketball, he'll, he'll, I'm, I'm sure he'll want to play basketball with you. Cool, so that, that's it, all right. <laughs> So I'm, I'm with my basketball. So they are at the door. And I'm, I'm not 12. I'm in my, I'm in my uh, late 20s at this point, I think, or early 30s. Hum. And uh, I see her, and I see this guy, and she goes, hey, Bob. Hey, uh, hey Janine. Hey, uh, my friend David's here from Boston. Uh, you know, I know you play basketball. He wants to play. Do you, do you guys, you want to play? And I go, nah, I gotta, I'm going to eat lunch. But... Uh, but also, your back was to us. Well, you were you were yeah, in a chair. Right. I remember it very well. The TV was over here, yeah. and you were over there. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. Huh? No, <laughs> I, I'm gonna eat lunch. Didn't even get out of the chair. Hey, Jeannie. Hey. Uh, no, no. Like through a screen door. Was did you walk to my house from Janine's? Yeah, it was only a couple. Well, blocks. it was like four. Still, that's a walk. Yeah, I mean, you had blocks. to walk like four. So you're standing blocks. out there just. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was the first like, meeting. Uh, right. You left, though? You just... Yeah, I left. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> You're no, supposed they... to say, come on! <laughs> no, no it's, they walked away. I mean, I shut people down pretty good. <laughs> I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> Get out of the chair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it was fun. So there you go. So then, okay. So, so that, then, like, so that, uh, that what was, was it, like, six months later, a year later, uh, you got hired as a writer at the uh, Stiller Show, and then... You know, David came later to the show. We'd been writing for months and even shot the show. You came yeah, yeah, to the, you like, guys last, were in the middle like, of it. Yeah. So, so who was on that crew? Huh? On the show with who you. Who was the writer? Yeah, who was uh, everybody? It was you. Well, and... Jeff Kahn, Rob Cohen, uh, Judd Apatow was uh, producer, um, Dino Stamatopoulos. Brent Forrester. Brent Forrester, great writer. And, uh, and we had a great time. That show was a lot of fun. Um, so and Dave was like a new guy. Yeah, he was like a new guy. Yeah, yeah. Janine's friend who's going to write he came in, and he wanted to fit in, right? Yeah. So he wanted to do – He, you know, David usually doesn't care about pleasing anyone, but I think in this case he was like, oh, my God, I got a fucking job. It was really intimidating. <laughs> I'd never been – it was really, really – and it was and it was thrown into the fire, too. I'd never written on TV. I was in Boston. I was at – the place that the John's describing, yeah. 48 hours before getting there, I was at a loft space. Doing four-foot bongs. Yeah, and, you know, morphine's playing, and we're, you know, it's three in the morning, and everybody's getting fucked up, and, and I'm doing pure comedy in my head. Uh, like, fuck TV, man. Hollywood's bullshit. Uh, but also living as you in this roach-infested apartment with no heat. With the well, yeah, sometimes where we put the oven on. Yeah, and, yeah, all uh, four burners. Yeah, and you know, I was like, I'm, I got this opportunity to go right on the Ben Stiller show, and I wasn't a huge fan. <laughs> I just didn't. I wasn't a big parody yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. fan, and 
And it was, you know, really intimidated. Uh, yeah. So you, so what was the thing you wrote a piece they asked you to write, and then I kind of <laughs> you you made me write it. No, well we didn't. No, here's what we did. Here's here was my first thing. Uh, I'd probably been there for about two days at this point, and and really try, not just trying to fit in with all these new people who were who were, as Bob said, in the middle of it. They were at the, at that point they were shooting already, and producing, and it's a machine and it's going. And I don't know how TV works. I don't know anything about Hollywood. I have my own stupid kind of, you know, anarchist fucking bike messenger. Fuck this bullshit. You know, but stupid in my head, which I look back on. And it's embarrassing. It's humiliating. But that's where I was. And uh, and and then we had a meeting because Ben wanted to do a takeoff on a few good men because he had a, a Tom Cruise obsession and he wanted to do anything. He just wanted to be. In be, dress up as Tom Cruise and do that. So we're all in this conference room, and they're like, uh, "What can it be?" And I'm I barely know anybody, and they're they're throwing out all these ideas. And then I piped up, and I don't give a shit about the fucking this idea or a movie or doing a parody of A Few Good Men. Who gives a shit? And I was like, "Oh, what if it's uh, you just like." bring it down and just uh, make it, instead of the army, make it like Boy Scouts. And it's all the, still the drama, but it's all about Boy Scouts or something. And uh, Bob, they, they started liking it. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Bob got like, that's great. Why don't you write it up? Yeah, good. And, and, left, and I knew he was fucking with me. You, were, you knew what you were doing. You absolutely knew what you were doing. Like, whatever, write some shit. Whatever first idea that anybody wants to write, that's just so bad. And just do it. Okay, then you like it so much. You're a great idea. Go write like, that. No, so you weren't fucking with him? Were you? I was, I don't know if that's fucking with him. It's like, it's you like, also it, didn't. You didn't give a shit. You had. Concerns. I had my own stuff. And you had <laughs> your. You were just happy to the new guy. You're like, yeah, great. Write it up. Go. Yeah, write it up. And you're like, what? No, I don't. I don't want to. I don't. Yeah. You like it so much. Yeah. I don't. I don't like it so much. And then that was my first assignment. And. Uh, but wait a second. You wrote something that was great. Uh, uh, T.J.O. Pooter Toots. Oh, that yeah, was that, great. That I. That and that I, was really a David sketch, and that was so fucking. It was, it I was love really that good, sketch. really well done by Ben and Judd. Really yeah, yeah. produced it well, yep. which is a big that, part of making that sketch like that work really <laughs> well. And what about the extra? Remember the extra? Oh, uh, the best extra ever! Oh my <laughs> ever. god, the best extra ever is in the. If you ever see the sketch, you can watch for him. He's an old man. He sits behind, um, I think Janine. In the sketch. It's from the Ben Stiller show, PJ Yeah. So when you're an extra, you're asked to... Um, oh, no, you know, no. It's actually uh, Claire and Andy. Remember? Uh, the, it, it, uh, it was... Uh, yeah. Andy Dick. Andy Dick is eating. Uh-huh. Oh, with Claire. With okay. Claire. And okay. then it's behind them. Because okay. you guys were waiting. Okay, back right. to the story. So, right. so behind him is two people, an old guy and an old woman. And, you know, you're supposed to just do uh, a version of human behavior. <laughs> <laughs> Act like a human being would. That's your job. You know those people that you see called people? Do like them. Anyway, so they have a plate of food, and the joke is that the meat here is all human meat, okay? And so it's all this restaurant that serves all this meat. Like you, everybody orders meat, and there's big, like, sort of a plate of meat. Yeah. So this old man and this old woman, 
And the old man is totally in the shot. I mean, totally shooting across the girl, Claire. He's right there. And so whenever they call action, he would do the same series of movements. He would, um, he would take his cup and like toast her and then fake drink it, but far away from his face. Really far away. Right like this. Right? And then he would do what anyone would do on a date, on a decent person, offer it to the person, <laughs> offer your glass to them to drink. Okay, they don't want it. Interesting. Then take your fork, stick it in the biggest piece of meat, hold it, you know, 10 inches from your face, take a fake bite, then offer it to the person you're eating with to bite. And show them how yummy it is. Oh, it's <laughs> not, so delicious. And not about how good it is. Oh, oh my God. Was... All the writers were in the back. Just, it, we couldn't get enough. This guy was, was the best. It was... And then they asked him to tone it down. It didn't help. And then this started to happen. Then this started to happen. Action. Out comes the cup. Big fake drink. Offer the lady. Not a lot. Take the big piece of meat, make, bite it, offer to her, and then as you're miming, start to vocalize. That's really good. I really liked it. I want some more. Like, no, no, cut, cut, no, no, don't. The best. It was the so best. We that getting should help. have been the scene. Yeah. Just aim it at him and go and tell him keep but going. We, we asked them. We asked the editors like, please save that camera angle. Please put it on a on a tape for us. And we had it. We would show it at parties. Like, you gotta watch this guy. The best. The best. Oh, do you still have it? Either we don't have I it. Don't I, believe me, I'd have watched it. <laughs> you can see him though. He's on. You can. I think he's still doing a little bit in the sketch. It's, it's, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, he's oh, there. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you see a lot of them. Much, yeah. Well, how, how long before uh, from uh, Stiller oh, to Mr. Show? Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, well, after Stiller, I did a pilot for HBO. With, uh, it was supposed to be with Janine and Andy Dick, but Andy got the lead in the new Get Smart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, awesome. Awesome. So, what that didn't work out, I don't know. Nah, it turned out that people weren't dying for more. Get smart. Yeah. Why did they cancel it in the first place? People were sick of it. So they'd had they'd had more than enough. Um, you think they'd want more? Why? Do you feel that way about oh, sequels so in general? So many sequels, so many things. You go, really? Because no, they didn't barely liked it in the first place. So many movies that are made from old TV shows. It's like, but the old people who watched that didn't even, they didn't even like it that much. There was barely anything. You had no choice. Yeah, there, there was no TV. There were three fucking channels, and there right. were, weren't that many comedies. You had Bewitched, uh, I Dream a Genie, or Get Smart. Pick one. Yeah, look. It's Huge the craziest range. thing. A third of America is watching it. We must be great. You know. Uh, but I, I'm, well, I, it sounds like I'm joking, but I think the, the new Munsters reboot is going to be awesome. <laughs> You're not joking? Well, I, uh, <laughs> a bit. A I did a pilot, and then David and I started doing the uh, shows in this space, the Diamond Club, that Dave right. Rath opened up. Right. And I did a sketch show, and I asked him to be in it. And we'd been hanging out, and... 
seeing each other at all the stuff where you were there and everybody was there. It was kind of the alternative scene in L.A. It was fun. And right. Everybody. The interesting thing there is the people who are a part of that, right? Kathy Griffin, yep. Margaret Cho, Janine. Dana. Dana, Patton, Paul, Tompkins, Jay Johnston, uh, and David, and... Will Farrell used to do the simpatico thing. Yeah, yep. I'd see Jack him, but not, not that often. But that group, I mean, it's so... Because everybody's in such different places, you know? Yeah. But we hung out at... Every night, almost. Now, the dynamic, though, like, do, do you feel like you had to, when he first started writing with you, did you feel, did you feel that you, he taught you sort of how to, to discipline oh. yourself or any of that shit? Do, do, did that, that get the discipline to write and, like, was he oh, on your ass? Fucking absolutely. Not, not, <laughs> no, he wasn't on my ass. He just, I just had to keep up with him. I'd never worked with anybody who was as focused and driven. As not high. Uh, <laughs> 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 My God, you're not high. Holy shit. How much pot did you say no to? Wow. But I mean, uh, and I would say, I would say uh, uh, back then, almost, I would say to a fault, almost, that you were just focused. Uh, there, there was very little room for, for pleasure in Bob's life. Um, like, and you would, you would, get a real sense of it when uh, you'd go out to eat and you, you would I, and he, just some french fries would come he'd be like oh my god these are so good they're so good oh my god like oh yeah I guess they're good and then you, but as time went on you're like oh that alright so you, you have these windows of enjoyment <laughs> has one that changed is, one is like in the middle of lunch not the beginning because then you have to figure out what you're going to get and you're still talking about stuff and the paper's out and then uh, at the end, you've got your papers back out because you're almost done. But there's that middle area of eating where you which can is, just I, let which go. Is just what you... fucking let go, man. <laughs> and that was clearly what you interrupted with the basketball on that first meeting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you interrupted God the God damn it! What? <laughs> the only joy in Bob's life. <laughs> but there's a... a uh, an uh, absolute 180 uh, market change uh, once you met Naomi, once and then again uh, exponentially uh, beyond that when you had kids and everything. That was like just totally chilled out and and uh, just more pleasurable. The whole well, it's because I yell at my kids so much. <laughs> the rest of the world's like, wow, he got it out of him. Where, where did all that energy and angst go? But I remember that Talk when you kids. when you showcased Mr. Show yeah. before it was Mr. Show. And uh, wasn't didn't you do it in in you did it in Aspen, correct? Ugh, yeah. Because I was there it was the Aspen Comedy Festival, 1995, and you were in the middle of like a cowboy bar or awful. a dance floor. This yeah. is like at the time HBO used to have this yearly comedy festival that was basically a, a trade show. They'd wheel yes. out uh, people that were creative and had ideas, and they'd have them showcase in miserable venues for for powerful people. Fucking Aspen, <laughs> the comedy mecca of the. <laughs> And once the comedy festival was established, then, then there was some legitimacy to it. But the first couple years, yeah. we're, we're up there, and we're, we're not just showcasing. We're, we're showcasing to see if we get a show on HBO. Right. That was part of, uh, as it was explained to us, you'll go up to Aspen, HBO's putting it on. You know, let's see how the show does. And you're, it's fucking 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and there's Austrian, rich, rich, rich Austrian skiers who are exhausted, 
bored. English is a fourth language. They don't, and they're sitting there and like, uh, they don't know what's going on. They're, they were told an American celebrity is going to be here and we're <laughs> doing our stupid shit about doing, you know, Ronnie Dobbs or whatever. And, and they're like, uh, uh, just, I mean, they're... Ski cunts, I think, is what we established. <laughs> but, you, but also... We opened with Tenacious D and there was skiers asleep. I swear to God, they were out. sleeping, and it was Tenacious D, and they stared at them. They didn't laugh. They didn't react. They just stared at but them. But it's also I mean, not Our their first fault. show there was like four guys in the front row in red sweater vests. I four remember that. This. With white hair. <laughs> with feet up on other chairs like this. <laughs> like retired dentists, four of them. Uh, it was not But it wasn't their group. fault. It was, it was not their fault. It was a stupid idea to you, have You know what comedy. their fault was? The advertisement? Hey, assholes, come see comedy. <laughs> They shouldn't have asked the assholes to come. <laughs> Why? I, I just, I, I find it hard to... to but I did mean, you, like, were, who, would, did you, who was the guy that championed you? Was it, was, is that where you met Bernie Boylstein? Well, well, that was, was his manager. Bernie was way behind it. And, you know, honestly, awesome. Chris Albrecht and Carolyn Strauss wanted it to happen. They loved it. So it They, really they had to find a reason. You know, executives, uh, they have to sort of get, like, reasons to sell a show to their executives, right. to their bosses. So that's what they're always looking for. That's one thing that they can do with a show they like is try to find something that can back them up. So maybe if we played well at this festival, I don't think we did that well. But No, we didn't. You know, we, we didn't. didn't I mean, uh, but, but what it did save <laughs> we, the show, if you want to know what saved Mr. Show, we did, we did four episodes for the first season, and, and they showed them, and then it wasn't, didn't do very well, and nobody liked it in New York. And then the son of one of the ex- female executives, no, it, no, it was a woman asked, a woman executive in New York asked, I think, Bucus or somebody at HBO, my 14-year-old son is begging me for tapes of this show. Can you get them for me? And so that was the ammunition. Some 14-year-old... But this happens all the time. You know, you've heard this story. Some 14-year-old's asking for it to his rich mom, asking her rich friend if they can have the show. Was the ammunition for... You know what? You know what? This this appeals to young people. That's great. That's fucking amazing. So, okay, so thank God for this 14-year-old. Yeah, whoever he is. God bless you. (laughs) So now, okay, so I don't miss questions while you're both here. That's, um, how, that's how Skrillex got popular. <laughs> Google it. Google it. <laughs> oh, you're going to be so embarrassed later, Mark. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm always embarrassed. It's, a, it's the way I... So, Bob. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to check in. What happened with the, uh, the movie? Let's just deal with that. Run, Runny, Run? Yeah. Well, it, is, it has its fans. <laughs> it has a lot of funny lines in it, I'll tell you that. I, uh, you know, I hadn't watched it in years, and somehow online there was like a favorite lines from this movie, and I popped on it, and it was like 60 lines. It was like every line was really funny. There's I thought, funny wow. funny shit in there, for sure. And it was like, oh, oh, wow, yeah, that was funny. Oh, wow, another one. And I just, it just, whatever. Well, is there any way that you guys... Movies are very hard to make them great. And you talk to people who've made a lot of movies and they'll tell you they're in it on the set. They're working. It's been a great script, a great reading, a great rehearsal, and it's going well. And then the movie comes out and it's nothing. Mm -hmm. And then movies that look great, you ask, you know, there's been interviews and you can see many stars and directors and say 
they'd say like you know I don't know it didn't think didn't think it was going that well and then it's like one well, of the great movies yeah. that's like uh, Raging Bull was initially a comedy and they put it out there and like this is and it's dying it is tanking so they rejiggered a couple things and made it a drama and you never know you never know that's the thing right well it, was, it wasn't originally about boxing right? it was about boxing day uh, actually <clears throat> Yeah. yeah. What was that thing you used to say about Schindler's List? Oh, yeah. Uh, that's an old... That's one of my first jokes. Uh, TV jokes. Oh, the first joke I ever said on TV. What was it? I saw Schindler's List. I saw Schindler's List the other, night, the other day. Not that funny. <laughs> I mean, a couple... I mean, there were a couple of really funny moments. Yeah. Overall. I don't know. Uh, see how good it still works? I should have quit then. I should have quit... <laughs> <laughs> Good night. That's my career. All right. <laughs> All right, you guys. So are you going to, like, I guess, uh, do, you, do you like working together? Are you going to do something else? I mean, there's a lot of uh, Mr. Show people out here. And We're doing a uh, benefit for Amnesty International in New York. On, Next uh, week. We're participating. We're going to do one scene. But yeah. I mean, you mean if we're going to do another like big project or something? Yeah, that's sort of what I don't know. You know, we like I said, we did something two years ago, and we, we I think we'd both do it if we had the idea or whatever. Okay. For sure. Yeah. We have a great time. All right. It's just David lives in New York, and uh, it's not really very convenient. <laughs> you think I'm, I'm rude to live in New York? It's kind of rude. Choose the it's life kind I've chosen. Of, <laughs> but not New York City. Kind of I'm indulgent. <laughs> <laughs> kind of self-indulgent. You live in, in the hills. You know, You're like a hill person. I live, uh, yeah, I live mostly, I mean, that's where I'm registered now and everything. I live in... Uh, You're registered uh, as a hill person? As a... No. <laughs> um, you don't have a phone. I don't have a phone. I don't you have live a, in New York, I do not you have, have no a, phone. I don't have a phone. I don't have a TV. Right. Where, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't you have don't, a phone. You say you don't listen to music. I don't understand that. You said you <laughs> no, don't I, like music. I bang pots. Uh, I go outside and I bang pots together. <laughs> Wait, and, you don't have a TV? And then listen to the frog. Res- I do not have a TV. Is I that a principal thing? or? No. I Well, initially, I didn't know I was going to be spending as much time up there as I, as I do now. But uh, uh, I was like, this isn't for that. And I want to go up uh, to my place in the woods and watch TV. It seems silly. What do you do? Yeah. Well, um, you kn- I bring what? DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. I am not joking. David, uh, um, I don't have. I don't watch. No, well, you guys got to know that David has a nickname that he's been trying to get everyone to call him by. It's his own. This ought to be good. <laughs> I cannot wait. Old timey man. <laughs> and he goes to carnivals and lets kids ride him. <laughs> You can ride a donkey, or you can ride old timey. Yeah. This beard is just bees. This is just bees. It's not even my facial hair. David Cross, Bob Odenkirk, right. John Innes. Thank you. Keep it going for Neil Brennan, Josie Long. You've been great. This has been live WTF Vancouver. You can bring up that music. <laughs> <laughs>